Now we looked at Hebrews 10. I think we took two weeks to go through it. And twice we looked at the three letters exhortations in chapter 10. Um, 10, 22 to 24. The first one says, Let us draw near with full assurance of faith. Second, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope. Third, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. We have mentioned that these themes of faith, hope and love are being repeated in chapter 11, faith, chapter 12, hope, and chapter 13, love. Uh, today we will begin chapter 11. My goal is to uh, cover up to verse 6 a little um, in depth and go on till 16. Um, actually, this is a uh, this uh, chapter through which we cannot run, we should really walk. Um, don't have much time before me to complete this, so I hope at some uh, point in time you will study on your own or someone else will talk further about it. So, the first um, let us let us draw near with full assurance of faith is what we find here. And we, as we said before, we have to draw near with our hearts sprinkled clean by the blood of the more excellent sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ offered to God the Father by the eternal spirit. And we talked about the sacrifice of Christ, that it was penal, that it was paid as a penalty of our sins, that it was substitutionary. We thought about that today as well that paid by Christ on our behalf. It was voluntary. He did, not, he did it on his own. It was not forced out of him. It was propitiatory, meaning it was pleasing to God as a payment of, uh, for our sins. It was redemptive. Again, we thought about that this morning. We were bought with a price. It was reconciliatory, bringing peace with God. And it was efficacious, that it was competent to take away our sins. And it was revelatory, that is, God revealed it. He, um, he set forth, it was set forth by God. So, having been cleansed by this great sacrifice, we had to draw near with faith. Uh, last time we also looked briefly at the last verses, and I don't go to... Uh, intend to go through it more fully this time. Uh, so in chapter 10 verse 32 we found that the Hebrews had undergone great sufferings. They had endured a great struggle. Verse 32. Chapter 10 and verse 32. Uh, verse 36 also speaks about endurance. For you have need of endurance. And then verse 38 speaks of faith. For the just shall live by faith. And verse 39 also implies faith. So two things that stand out in the last paragraph there are endurance. You have to endure. You have endured, you still have to endure. The next is faith. Endurance and faith. And as we, um, the next section probably goes from 11, 1 to 12, 13. In the middle of that, uh, in the middle of verse 1 and 2 of, the, of chapter 12, we read like this. Let us run with endurance the race that is before us, looking into Jesus, 
the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Again, the two themes of endurance and faith comes out in chapter 12 as well. And without endurance, what happens? We struggle to finish our race. At times, we can become so weak that our hands hang down and our feet are just giving way. Uh, let's look at uh, verses 12 and 13 in chapter 12. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but rather be healed. To run with endurance, have faith and endure. So with this background, um, the actually the other causes in chapter 10 verse 39, it says, We are not of those who draw back to perdition. In uh, chapter 10 and verse 22, it says, Let us draw near, chapter 10-22 says, let us draw near to the sacrifice, etc. And verse 39 says, let us, um, let us not draw back to perdition. So, it's a call to draw near to the sacrifice and draw away from perdition. Faith and endurance. He who has faith will endure. In chapter 11, talks about Moses. Moses endured as a person who had seen the invisible God. What gave him the power to go on? It was because he saw the invisible God. Uh, I don't think it refers to the uh, experience that he had on the, um, uh, in the burning bush. It had more to do than that. He endured as him who saw, he saw the invisible God by eyes of faith throughout his life. Now, um, as we go forward, I would request all of us to be in prayer. And also, I want you to understand that we might be in different places with regard to our faith race. It doesn't matter what stage you are. The Lord is able to see us through. Maybe some of us have never even started the race. If so, today is, the, is a great day to start that race. And maybe some of us have just started the race. We are bubbling with joy. Keep rejoicing and keep growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Some of us are tired and our steps are faltering. Have we even tried to give up? If so, let us strengthen our weak hands and feeble knees. However, if you are going strong, let us continue to do that. Considering him who endured such hostility from sinners, looking to the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. I'd like us to just bow down our heads and pray. Father, we want to ask you to speak to each of us here in this room. By your spirit, talk to us. Tell us where we are in our journey. If you have not started the race, help us to do that. Help us to embark on this journey, this great journey. If you, are, if you have started off, help us to run well. Help us to be strengthened for our journey. Help us that it will not be 
a flash in the pan if our steps are faltering and we have almost given up strengthen us father awaken us if you are going strong father we ask you that you continue to help us to consider our the perfecter and pioneer of our faith who endured the cross thank you in christ precious name now chapter 11 a um, couple of people asked me what i'm uh, talking about today chapter 11 and they said oh so chapter 11 hebrews everyone knows you see the faith chapter right um, we come across quite a few times the phrase by faith and i'm going to say it in um, greek pistei okay that's where pisti gets part of his name from <laughs> his full name is pistofel okay and the other comes from filio so this is pisti's chapter you can remember that this chapter tells us that these heroes endured hardships and at the end obtained a good testimony from god by their faith let's see that uh, last two verses chapter 11 verses 39 and to 40 and all these having obtained a good testimony through faith did not receive a promise for god had provided something better for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us this cloud of witnesses this cloud of witnesses that we are talking about in this chapter uh, they have received the witness from god many a time people picture it as we are running and they are witnessing but it is a witness that god has borne them testimony god has given witness that they pleased him the cloud of witnesses has received the witness from god that he he was pleased with them and on the day of their reward it is beautiful that they will not precede us uh, to put it a little figuratively i think we will look on and cheer them as they come one by one to receive their reward we will be we will be there to rejoice as abel and enoch and um, abraham isaac Jacob, Joseph and a host of other people mentioned and not mentioned will come and receive their reward. Uh, that will be a beautiful day. Now, uh, let's uh, read verse 1 here. Most of us know it by heart, right? Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Um, many like to see this verse as a definition of faith it is more appropriate to consider this as a description of the nature of faith so what is the uh, f- first thing that is mentioned it is a substance of what we hope for okay it's a substance to transliterate from greek it would be it is a substructure of what we hope for and that conveys a lot i stay on an 11 story building on the 11th floor there's a huge substructure that holds it up faith is that substructure that holds up our hope second faith is the evidence of things not seen things not seen can be things of the past as well as things of the future if we jump to verse 3 it talks about the past by faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of god so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible that the origin of 
universe has intrigued many and it still intrigues. No one has found an answer to it on their own. And someone has made a very correct observation. There are two ways of knowing about the origin of the universe. Only two ways. One is by divine revelation and the other is by speculation. So are you the one that follows divine revelation or are you the one that follows speculation? The speculation might be clothed in the garb of scientific arguments but the fact is that these speculations are at the end speculations and not science. Verse 3 also mentions something else in passing. <coughs> that which is seen were made of things which are invisible. It's a fact that is just stated there. The simple fact that matter did not come from matter. That matter was not eternal. Matter was made by the word of God. It's plainly stated. Actually this fact is quite self-evident. Now Mathematics has a lot of axioms. One of them is that, you know, between any two points, there's a straight line. You cannot prove that, can you? But it's self-evident. And probably the scientific communities, to the scientific community also, it is self-evident that matter could not have come on its own. They, just, they can just look at their own statement and say, matter can neither be created nor be destroyed. So where did matter come from? So they are referring to what is already here. But foolish hearts of very intelligent minds. One of them died quite recently, Stephen. Okay. They refuse to accept this fact. Very simple fact. They come up with explanation after explanation. And even coming up with the concept of God particle. Tiny, weeny particle which had all the matter that we see around. Everything was packed together. Come on, how foolish can you be? Hardly anyone takes time to look at the the basic axiom with which they approach. They go around discussing what they put forth, their speculation, and go around and try to prove or disprove. When your axiom itself is wrong, how can it progress? And then there's a lot of discussion and a lot of smoke screen created around Big Bang and evolution. And uh, it is... Ex- uh, upset the faith of many or rather prevented them from coming to the Lord. The question is which would be the right approach? In the beginning God or in the beginning matter? In the beginning matter is what some people believe. They believe that matter has been eternal and we believe God has been eternal and by the word of God matter was created. To you see chemical formula that we all have learned like 2H2 plus O2 gives 2H2O to put all their uh, theories to be something like this matter plus infinite amount of time billions and billions or trillions of years will give Rabbi and John and Steve just matter and these people will just pop out of that and this milk will come. And the force that we hold in our hands will come. Matter, God particle, plus billions of years of time. Matter plus time 
gives man an intelligence and technology. I am not so foolish as to take that. And I believe most of us sitting here are not. But to deny the existence of God, people go to great extents. When they approach the past with faith in God's revelation, the person gets solved very nicely. And if you do not accept that, you will struggle and struggle, will never come to a conclusion. Okay, um, let's read verse 3. It is by faith that we understand that the words were framed by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Faith is the substructure which upholds the conviction of the facts of the future as well as the facts of the past. Faith is the substructure of our hope. Faith is the evidence of things not seen, of the past as well as the future. Now another aspect of faith is outlined in verse 2. This aspect is very clear. For by it, people of old obtained a good testimony. It is by faith that we receive a good testimony that um, people of old, it is said, they will receive the good testimony that they please God. And then verses 4 and 5, we have two people, Abel and Enoch. Abel received the testimony that he was righteous. <clears throat> we are all familiar. Um, Genesis 4 and verse 4 says, And the Lord respected Abel and his offerings. First uh, John 3, 12 says uh, that Abel's work were, works were righteous and that of his brothers were evil. The righteous offering that was acceptable to the Lord. Uh, reading verse 4 here, By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts. And through it, he being dead still speaks. There is the reference to the more excellent sacrifice that we have seen uh, with regard to Christ's sacrifice. Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice. Um, the attitude of Abel's heart is very clear that he brought the first um, the firstborn of his flocks, not only that, he brought the fat of the first fru- uh, firstborn. The fat, the fat ones of the firstborn were brought. While Cain um, uh, brought some of the fruit that he had gathered. Uh, sometimes people uh, take this to great extents. Uh, it might also be that uh, Abel came to know by word of mouth from his parents that the uh, that God had killed a lamb and had clothed them with a uh, skin. So it could also be that uh, sacrifice, a uh, blood sacrifice, was revealed to him. We do not know; it is not explicitly stated. Uh, whichever way. It's very clear that he uh, offered a more excellent sacrifice. And it was his faith that actually obtained 
him a good testimony. Let's read Romans chapter 1 verses 18 to 22. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because the thing which may be known of God is clearly revealed with, within them. For God revealed it to them. For the unseen things of him from the creation of, uh, of the world are clearly seen, being realized by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, for them to be without excuse. Because knowing God, they did not glorify him as God. Neither were thankful, but they became vain in their imaginations. and their foolish heart was darkened professing to be wise they became fools and in our day we can profess to be wise and become fools or we can look at the unseen things and understand the eternal power of god this majesty and turn to him in worship it is our choice either to worship him or to disregard him. Abel made the right choice of worshipping God. Uh, moving on to the next verse in Hebrews. By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken he had this testimony that he pleased God. If you look at Genesis chapter 4 and 5 we find the genealogy of uh, Adam through Cain as well as through Seth. The seventh from Adam on Cain's line is Lamech and seventh from Adam through Seth's line is uh, Enoch and Lamech uh, I'm just going to read up what is recorded about him. Lamech took two wives. The name of the one was Ada and the name of the other Zillah Ada bore Jabel he was a father of those who dwell in tents and have livestock his brother's name was Jubal he was a father of all those who play the lyre and pipe Zillah also bore Jubal king he was a forger of all instruments of bronze and iron the sister of Jubal king was Naima and Lamech said to his wives Ada and Zillah hear my voice you wives of Lamech listen to what i say I have killed a man for wounding me a young man for striking me if Cain's revenge is sevenfold then Lamech's is 77fold the first polygamist to be named at most successful in the world his children were very successful father of livestock industry father of music father of metallurgy and mechanical engineering all that was in his family the father prided himself and effectively he says i'm more ferocious than god if someone wants me i won't spare him i will repay him 11 times as much as god would repay i'm more ferocious than god such rebellion in his voice he even grew up in a time of great wickedness and two three generations down the line we um, the third generation is noah we see the whole earth is full of wickedness his own brothers and sisters and their sons and his own children methuselah's brothers sisters children okay and even noah's brothers and sisters they are all filled with wickedness and uh, it is written of uh, enoch that he said enoch the seventh from adam prophesied saying behold the lord comes with Ten thousands of us holy ones to execute judgment on all and to convict all the 
ungodly of all their deeds of ungodliness that they have committed in such an ungodly way. Of all the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against. Walking with God in an ungodly generation. In an ungodly generation walked with God. He walked with God. And he was so pleasing to him that the Lord took him. There are two examples here. One is of Abel who worshipped by faith and Enoch who by faith walked with God. And one was taken and the other died. But both of them please God and they are going to receive their reward together. Moment in verse 6. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Some versions say and he rewards those who diligent, uh, those who seek him. But uh, the real uh, contextual application of that word would be diligently seek. It is not just going after something, but diligently seeking. Knowing that God rewards those who um, seek him diligently. So, it's, faith is not just believing that God exists. Knowing that, as well as believing that God is going to reward someday those who diligently seek after him. So, um, we'll now quickly move on to Noah. So, here we have somebody by faith witness God, uh, or witnesses of God, was a witness of God. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared the ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of uh, the righteousness which is a kind of faith. Um, Noah's times are very evident. Uh, we have gone, we are all very familiar with that. The Lord revealed to him and he condemned the world. He witnessed, he was a witness of God by faith. And in return, he and his household was saved. So, by faith, Abel worshipped by faith, Enoch walked. By faith, Noah witnessed. And next is, by faith, Abraham went out. By faith, Abraham obeyed, verses 8-10, to when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that had foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Abraham had received a calling by Sopotamia, we know that. And then he went out, not knowing where he was going. But he trusted the Lord. And when he came to the land, the Lord said, You know, you are going to be here for some time, and then your uh, children are going to be um, strangers in the land, and they'll be coming back only after 400 years he lived in tents with um, Isaac and Jacob and Isaac and Jacob as well knew the story, they passed it on and come to Joseph Joseph at the end of his uh, days he says when you return carry my bones back to the promised land he chose to be buried under an oak rather than have a 
big pyramid built for him in the land of Egypt. Dear brothers and sisters, what would we have for us? Would we have a would we have the world's pomp? Would we have a pyramid built for us? Or would we have our bones carried back to the land of promise under the oak to rest along with um, other uh, heroes of faith? Verse, verses 13 to 16. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland, and plainly if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better that's a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared a city. Um, I think the heart of every believer beats as, uh, as a readers. A city which has foundations, whose builder and architect is God. A city that will never get destroyed. A city that's beautiful. A city that, that is firm. As they journeyed, they had chances to return. Abram could have gone back from his nomadic life to a settled life in the city of Haran. He did not do that. Jacob could have done that. Isaac could have done that. Joseph could have chosen to be buried in the uh, civilized land. But they seek a homeland. But now they desire a better, that's a heavenly country. If we all look for a chance, we have a chance to return, to say no, to be lulled by the world. But there's a land that calls us. They seek a homeland. But now we have a better, that is a heavenly country. And as we move to chapter 12, um, 12.22 we read, But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, etc. The heavenly city. You have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. And as we move into chapter 13, verses 13 and 14, it says, Therefore let us go forth to him, outside the camp, bearing his reproach. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city which is to come. Let us go forth to him, who endured the cross outside the city gates. Because here we have no lasting city, but we seek a city that is to come. The Lord Jesus Christ has said, My father's house are many mansions. I go, I go to prepare a place for you. And uh, the, uh, in chapter 11 of, uh, verse 11 of Acts 1, we find the angels uh, speaking to um, to the disciples, the same Jesus whom you have seen ascending into heaven, he will come back in the same way. He's going to come back and carry those who put their trust in him to his side. It is that hope. It is faith in that hope. It is faith in that fact that drives a Christian. Without faith in that in that uh, fact, we cannot go on. If we f- remove our focus from that, the world is around us. Our career, 
or uh, education, everything is around us. But when we look at that, the world that we live in, there is some beauty and we don't live for it. All what we are, all what we have, all that he, he has given us will be His because we look for a city that is to come. Uh, as we proceed through this chapter, we will come across others. We talked about Abel worshipping by faith, Enoch walking by faith, Noah witnessing by faith, Abraham went out by faith, and then uh, there are others who waited by faith, blessing Isaac, blessed his sons as he waited by faith. Jacob worshipped on his staff, and Joseph waited for Canaan, and there's a great uh, list of people who won different things by faith. And finally, there are also those of whom the world was not worthy. Others suffered mocking and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed with a sword, they went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. We don't know what our lot is going to be, whether we are going to have apparent victories here or apparent failures in the eyes of the world and being having this experience. As we look at Jim Elliot, uh, the story everyone knows, there was apparent failure, but there are hundreds of Orcas that came to faith later on. And at the end, we will be in the presence of the Lord, rejoicing with him forever. So let's look to that hope and live our lives. Let's close our eyes and pray. Father, we pray that you will help us to understand where we are in our faith. If you have not begun it, Lord, we pray that your word will convict us and that we will come closer to you and take hold of that sacrifice that was offered up, offered for us on the cross. Lord, to those who are, those who are rejoicing in their life of faith, we pray that you would encourage them further, help them to be firmly rooted in you. To those who are faltering in their walk, distracted in their walk, to those whose hands are uh, drooping, whose knees are giving way, we pray that you will strengthen them, you will help them to strengthen themselves by looking into Jesus who endured the cross, suffering the shame. Make us people who will endure, endure with confidence. Give us faith, give us that strong assurance in our hearts that what you have promised will come to pass. Thank you, Father. In Christ's precious name.